Welcome back to World Cup Coffee and Tea at Northwest 18th in Gleason in Portland for another OMN Coffee Shop Conversation. I'm Tom D'Antoni, and this time I've got with me J. Michael Kersey of the Brothers of Baladi, a band celebrating 40 years of making their own special brand of Middle Eastern music. Their new album is called Gravity of Love. We'll find out what that means. It has been eight years since the last Brothers of Baladi album, and this one is crafted with much care and patience over a four-year period. It also has a new twist. There are electronics on this one, a new step, which we'll also find out about. Michael is also secretary of the Oregon Music Hall of Fame, and we'll find out what's up with them. So let's meet J. Michael Kersey, shall we? Welcome to the cupping room. Well, I'm glad to be here in the cupping yeah. room. It's wonderful. <laughs> yes. Um, and worldly. Yes. <laughs> uh, what do you prefer to be called? I, I, I go by Jay? Mike. No, I Jay go Michael? by Michael. I go by Michael. <laughs> Jersey? Yeah. Mike? Mikey? Uh, no, never. <laughs> uh, when, I, when I'm published. Yeah. Um, or when I put out a record of my own, I, I use my full name, which is J. Michael, and J. Saints for James. My dad's name was James Walter, and my grandfather was James Thomas, and uh-huh. we Irish have so few things to be <laughs> proud of other than our music and potatoes. We we have a little family way there with the J's. My son is J. Weston, James Weston, as in Randy Weston. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, okay, so I'll call you Michael. Yeah, call me Michael. Well, that's what I always call you. Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> well, I just wanted to check. That's cool. <laughs> um, so it's been eight years between records for you guys. I, don't know, it was, I, I guess it's been eight years since the release of the record. It's, yeah. been, about, it's been about four years since we started grinding on it. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's been about, about four years grinding on it. Wow. Um, a lot of things happened uh, to slow down uh, the progress. People in the band moving mm-hmm. in and out. We were on tour in England. We got backstabbed by our drummer. Oh, boy. Split with the money and, you know. Oh, jeez. Then, then crashed our website, and we think he crashed our Facebook site. So we, we had a lot of offstage stuff we had to take care of after coming back from England that last time. <sighs> and, uh, and then, you know, there was about a year of songwriting. Yeah. Uh, a year of demos. And uh-huh. then another year of tweaking. But we always tour. We've been touring, you know, the West Coast pretty much for the last... 30 years, so uh-huh. there were about six tours I- in between there, and uh, that's why it took so long. Now, do you write with the other Michael, Michael Beach? Yes, yes. Like together in a room? Uh, yes. Really? Yeah. Th- uh, actually, in Clark, Salisbury, all three of us co-wrote the originals and co-produced the album. How does that work? Well, it's feisty, you know. <laughs> People stand by their phrase, you know, you want a phrase that really works in a situation and you disagree with their co-writer and you iron it out eventually. Well, the good thing about working with somebody that that you're very close to and you're a good friend and that uh, uh, you've you've been with for a long time is that you can say, go fuck yourself and it's okay. (laughs) We don't get to that point. Oh come on! I've, I've, <laughs> no. got, I've got I got friends. I've, I've old, old friends, and that's that's one of the beauties of having right. an old friend is you can tell right. them to go fuck yourself. But um, 
you know, on my side of things, mm-hmm. being a writer and a journalist, I, I just wanted to have a, a, a last call on the lyrics. And a lot of the lyrical ideas that came in needed to be reshaped, reformed, uh, recalibrated. So you've got the final call on lyrics. Well, not the final call, but that was that yeah. was part of the mission statement mm-hmm. that I would do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the recording took place at um, Clark Salisbury's Clark Salisbury's uh, home studio, which mm-hmm. is a great home studio up in the Southwest, and. Um, so he was working on a lot more of the composition stuff with Michael, and I was working on more of the lyrical stuff. But all three of us are good songwriters mm-hmm. uh, in our own rights, and Clark's a great engineer and a great producer. So you you decided to go to put some electronics in this. Yeah. That was Michael's decision more than mine, but I, I'm definitely into it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's a good just, sound. Well, he just wanted to bring things up. We have put out... A lot of kind of acoustic albums. I think we have five or six albums that are really lean on the acoustic side of things. Yeah. And uh, he just wanted to bring it up a little bit. And, just, you know, hopefully for airplay. Um, mm-hmm. We got some good news from Kink today that they're adding at least for the local. They have a new guy over there. So they're adding one of the cuts for local. And uh, we got on to NPR recently. Um, the PRI afternoon show mm-hmm. used an instrumental off the new record called Saba Samir. And so maybe, you know, we feel like that was the answer to, to modernize that yeah. kind of thing, modernize yeah. it. Um, so I'm just trying to picture this. The three, three of you are in a room. And do, 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 you, do you bring the lyrics? Well, all three of us, as I say, are, are, are pretty good yeah. songwriters. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I can look at this here... Uh, you know, of the songs, each person, mm-hmm. and especially Michael Beach, brought in the initial ideas, the initial lyrical ideas or rhythmic ideas. Uh, Michael's a master drummer, master mm-hmm. hand drummer, and he's also a great uh, traps drummer. Mm-hmm. And um, once those initial ideas come in, I mean, we've got a title, you know, Gravity of Love was the title. And then we work from there, the pros and cons of love, you know, bring you up, bring you down. And we just shake it out. The three of us shook it out for two years to kind of get what we wanted. That's a long time. Yeah, it was fun. But all of us have other projects. I mean, we're, I yeah. produced a couple albums. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Clark at the studio, it's a, a functional studio. He's got a lot of projects, yeah. uh, including museum projects and Native American mm-hmm. radio projects. Clark's got a lot of projects going on. Mm-hmm. All three of us are in several bands, other Brothers of the Ballady, because brothers tour, and then hang out, tour, and then hang out. Yeah. And there's just a lot of offstage stuff to do with sound exchange and ASCAP yeah. and radio. Yeah. And, I mean, there's a lot to do. Yeah. Even if you only play one gig a month, there's a lot to do. Yeah. And we have a gig, April 10th. It's going to be a record release at VWM. It's a Sunday night at Very VWM nice. on April 10th. Yeah. Well, all, the, all that information will be on the page. Oh, that's cool. Where this thing is, Good. will be sitting. Good. Or good. is sitting right now if you're listening to it. That's good. Yeah. Um, but so to your point, it's it, 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 it's never really divisive. Yeah. Co-writing, and you know where your you know your goal, mm-hmm. and you know where to compromise. Mm-hmm. And all three of us mm-hmm. have been in the music business all of our lives. I mean, yeah. everybody's been playing music for thirty years, so right. it's it's all 
part of the project. Well, you guys must love playing with each other. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we of do. course you do. We do. I wish there were more gigs. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I wish there were yeah, more. Yeah. What does the title of the album mean? Gravity uh, of Love. Gravity of Love. It's love is about the heaviest thing emotionally going. You know, mm-hmm. love conquers hate. You know, love rules and. Uh, there are mostly love songs, the Brothers of Ballady music, really, uh, even the originals and the, uh, the covers, and many of them come from folk music sources, uh, world music sources, folk music sources. Mm-hmm. Um, they're pretty much love songs. So the gravity of love was the heavy thing, and as you can see, love is there, and then it's gone. Ah, so the cover is there's a window with a moon in it, mm-hmm. and that's love. I would say that uh, and the, the moon in June, the moon in June. Yes. I would say the moon is the, one of the and um, on the back the, uh, the the same window without the moon. Yeah, that's the blues. That's the blues. <laughs> There's no blues on here. No, I although yes. Mavi Mavi uh-huh. means blue, blue. Ah, precious beads of blue. Yeah, but not in the sense of the blues. No, just in Turkish. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's as close as we get to the blues. <laughs> um, the 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 Turkish tunes and the Egyptian tune on here um, are are they recent finds or, or, or uh, well, Michael Beach has has loved Middle Eastern music right. since, since the seventies. He's yeah, just in yeah. love with it, and he has uh, listened to. Uh, music from all these countries mm-hmm. very intensely and he, and he speaks Turkish and he speaks Arabic um, so these were picks that he wanted for a long time he uh, yeah. wanted for a long time yeah. Mavi Mavi uh, the Turkish tunes by I- Ibrahim Tatlisis and Ibrahim Tatlisis is a uh, TV star radio star in Turkey really yeah he's kind of like a uh, Merv Griffin or a, <laughs> Uh, you know, he's, he's, but he sings great. He's also well, so a great did Murph. singer. Yeah, right. He did. Uh, <laughs> sings great, and he had a hit with this. I think in the late '90s was the hit in Turkey in for Mavi Mavi, and we did a translation on it uh, to English for two verses, and then sing in Turkish for two verses. Wow. that's how that went down. Uh, Sevgilem is an instrumental that Michael learned from uh, John Barbarian, who was one of the famous uh, Armenian uh, musicians in California. Because uh, we go to California a lot, and we know a lot of ethnic musicians in California, mm-hmm. and uh, even uh, John Barbarian really didn't know the source of uh, that song. It's an oddball instrumental uh, section uh, doing a Moss Moody, a special drum section. But uh, Sev Galem is another love song. It's Moss another Moody love is, song. A, is a drum thing. Excuse me. Uh, the Mas Moody is a drum passage, yeah. Okay. It's a specialized drum passage in Middle Eastern drumming. Okay. So we use that twice mm-hmm. on this record, I think. Mm-hmm. And then the the third piece, Saba Samir, is uh, uh, an Egyptian folk folk song mm-hmm. um, that uh, uses the Saba uh, scales. Uh, Middle Eastern scales can often contain up to 46 notes to the octave, whereas we in the West push 12 yeah, and in the blues, you know, we push thirty, but yeah. uh, but uh, <laughs> Middle Eastern music contains a, a whole array of about a hundred, a couple of hundred different um, scales. Mm-hmm. Were you into Middle Eastern music when you met Michael? Well, 
I've been a world music person for a long time. I yeah. was in a band here in Portland, Upepo, uh-huh. which covered everything from... We were most famous for Latin jazz, really. Uh-huh. But we also did Middle Eastern music, and uh, one of my uh, music partners, Alan Nolgren, um, uh, had a Middle Eastern belly dancer for a girlfriend. So in the 70s, Lucky I was hand. exposed to that side of, of uh, world music. Mm-hmm. And then I totally flipped and did a rockabilly band for seven years. <laughs> And then, I what was the name of that band? That was the Rock and Razorbacks, <laughs> my creation. We had one hit song, and then we kind what of blew, it? blew up. It's called "More Love, Less Attitude," <laughs> also covered by uh, a young Curtis Salgado. Title of an album of his. Um, at that point, Upepo was such a big band. We were at twelve pieces at one point, wow. and I just wanted to do something smaller. Yeah. And the Razorbacks was about a six-year project. Mm-hmm. It's great. Uh, after that, I worked for the New Shoes Management, uh-huh. uh, and that was a lot of fun with Rick Waritz and Val and John, our real yeah. good friends. And um, right around my birthday in 1990, I think, uh, Michael Beach uh, uh, called me up and said, we, we're touring as a duo, we'd like to add a bass player so we can kind of rock a lot more. Mm-hmm. So I was hired in as a um, rockin' electric bass player. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew it would last this long? <laughs> this is this is our twelfth album, so we've done twelve yeah. albums together. Yeah, yeah. And then we each have our solo projects as well. Yeah. So you were playing bass in the rock band. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Has bass always been your instrument? I I started out playing drums. Yeah. And then I uh, took piano lessons for six years, and then I moved to guitar. I was lead guitar all through high school, mm-hmm. and um, moved to Boston after college, and. Uh, partnered with Rick Okasik, and that was, we had a band in Boston for about two years called uh, Under Milkwood, uh-huh. which was a folk rock band. Huh. <laughs> and then, uh, I remember that. Then Ben Orr, Jaka- ben Orr Jakowski came up from Baltimore, huh. and uh, that's who Rick wanted to play with rather than me. Oh. And so the drummer and I were fired for playing too loud. Oh, geez. And the cars got a little louder after they changed the name of the band to the cars. <laughs> they got a little louder. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything bad about Rick Ocasek. He's made his money. Very true. Yeah. (laughs) That's when I came to Oregon. Ah. So I came to Oregon in the 70s, met the guys in UPEPO, and Uh wanted to play jazz and switched to bass. Yeah. And uh, that's great. Yeah. It's funny. There's a lot of people who started on drums. Yeah. I had had Damien Erskine in here. Right. He said he started as a drummer. But when he got to college, his dorm room was on the second floor. And, and and the rehearsal space was on the second floor of the next building. So he said, I'm not going to, no, I don't want to, I think I'll play bass instead. I know. <laughs> Which was actually a pretty good choice. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Wonderful choice. Yeah. For all of us listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I, 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 I did a TV piece on you guys a long time ago. Many, many years ago. That was, that was before 50. the last album. Just do what's right was the last yeah, album we released. Could be, could be, yeah, that, that could be mm-hmm. it. Um, and uh, at the time, that was that was about eight years ago, right? Yeah, that was released eight years ago. Yeah, yeah, two thousand nine, okay. maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, and at, but I did. I think I did a TV piece on you before that because I did a because uh, I I started. Was it an OPB piece? Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah we, we played live down at Burbati's. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. But I remember at the time, we had a discussion about Middle Eastern music and how people felt about Middle Eastern music here after, after 9-11 mm-hmm. and how it affected you guys. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if uh, the, the current state of affairs has had any effect on you guys in that same kind of way. I know you're not going to be hired to play any, any Donald Trump rallies anytime soon. Well, the last record mm-hmm. was called Just Do What's Right. Yeah. And it coincided with Obama coming into office. Mm-hmm. And he even has a copy of that record. Really? Yeah. We were hoping that after uh, after the horrible things that happened on 9-11, mm-hmm. that our voice would be a voice of artists making people aware that there's got to be a change. Think mm-hmm. People have to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a really a political album, uh, yeah. I thought. Yeah. It was a political album. We covered uh, Chris Rea's tune, Nothing to Fear, mm-hmm. which is a great tune about cultures clashing and cultures coming together. Mm-hmm. And that's what we wanted to do with that album. And it did have a, 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 an effect, uh, amongst our community anyway. Mm-hmm. And we've got followers all over the world. Sure. Um, our Facebook lists everything from Patagonia to uh, Moscow to <laughs> Beijing. I mean, we have we have yeah. followers all over the world, yeah. and they they welcome that mm-hmm. commentary. They yeah. welcome that commentary, yeah. and didn't put us in the in that camp mm-hmm. of of uh, uh, terrorism or anything like that. They understood where we were going with our music, and um, it's been very tough. Yeah, you know, uh, it's like having a polka band in London during <laughs> during the Second World War, and we sing in German. Yeah, <laughs> so short-sighted people will give us a hard time. Yeah, we've had bomb bomb threats at gigs. Really? Yeah. Oh man. Uh, we were told uh, by one club owner in San Diego to get this GD music out of here, support our troops. And I, 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 sometimes peop, people's ignorance sh- is shocking. Right. But we're Americans, and we love world music. Mm-hmm. And Michael Beach, our band leader, is totally in love with uh, the music we play. And he also, also uh, performs every uh, Wednesday night for dancers only mm-hmm. over at Hoda's, doing a band called Arabesque, which is a great traditional music band. Mm-hmm where you'll hear music from Armenia to Morocco. Um, so the effect on our fans has been positive. It's just an uphill battle. But when something cracks, it, it, when something good happens, yeah. it really happens. So we've had a lot of good luck with our records. Good, good. So uh, would you say that uh, Mavi Mavi is, uh, that, that's a good example of uh, the, the use of electronics? Yes. Okay. It's a great well, let's example. Take, let's take a coffee break and let people hear about a minute and a half or so. That sounds that great. Tune, and then we'll come back. I appreciate that so much.
by the Merv Griffin of Turkey. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Merv Griffin had hits. Well, he did. He did. I, I have a. I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. Yeah. Ibrahim <laughs> Tatlas is, is a, a star over there, and he, yeah. he has been a star for many years. <laughs> and you can look up Mavi Mavi, and, and you'll you'll go yeah. to his website first. <laughs> but we love it, and yeah. and. We love the arrangement, and uh, Michael gets to play the uh, Mizmar, which is the Middle Eastern uh, double reed instrument, the granddaddy of the oboe and all that stuff. Michael mm-hmm. plays a lot of instruments. He's, mm-hmm. he's very talented. And you get to hear that on there. So there's an acoustic side mm-hmm. to the electronic production, and there's, a, there's always an acoustic side to yeah. the electronic production. Right, right. Of course. Um, so you do a Jimi Hendrix tune. We do a Jimi Hendrix tune. <laughs> uh, you know, we're we grew up in America. We're rock yeah. and roll. We're rock yeah, and roll guys. <laughs> and uh, being rock and roll guys, uh, over the years we've recorded a, a, a lot of uh, covers. Um, mm-hmm. Like I was saying, Chris Rea's cover of "Nothing to Fear" on the last record. Um, "Paint It Black" by the Rolling mm-hmm. Stones is mm-hmm. on a record. And both Michael and I really wanted to do a Hendrix tune. We had a bunch of them in mind. Yeah. Um, there was a band here in Portland called Sunnyland Band in the 70s, and I remember they did a cover of this, mm-hmm. and it was, it was One just Rainy a, Wish. Yeah, one, one Rainy Wish, also known as Golden Rose. Yeah. Um, but we did put a 7-4 uh, oud break in the middle to kind of make it a little <laughs> different and balladize it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Balladize it. I don't think people do enough Hendrix. Covers. They don't. You, you knew so much... I mean, the only I think the only guy who who really explored that extensively was Gil Evans. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a great call. And that was thirty thirty years ago. I know. I know. <laughs> well, if Hendrix had lived, I think he would have worked with Miles Davis, and yeah. he would have worked with Sonny Rollins, and he yeah. would have worked with Gil Evans. Yeah. And this is just a send up to kind of what could have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, pe- some people talk about uh, Spanish Castle Magic and yeah. stuff like that. He had it, Jimi Hendrix. Toured the world, knew the world, sure. knew the cultures. He, he knew a lot about music. And we picked this one, the lyric, very spacey, uh, very uh, Hendrix on Dylan kind of. Uh, Bob Dylan is an influence on Jimi Hendrix's lyrics. But it's beautiful, beautiful song. And Clark takes a beautiful oud solo in the middle over that 7-4. Uh, ah, very nice. Um, you play in Eastlick Sacy. What is that? What's that? What is this that you play? What is that? That's whistling in Turkish. <laughs> and how do you pronounce that? <laughs> you pronounce it. Well, it looks like uh, Eastlik Sesi. That's perfect. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, Man, Clark, you're, Clark you're, wanted... You're the Cl- first guy to whistle on a record since Leon Redbone. Right, right. But Clark... Um, Spent a lot of time doing extracurricular work on the album, and all of us are influenced by the Beatles, and it seems like we were all going through this phase of listening to Northern Song, or Mm -hmm. listening to uh, uh, I Am the Eggman, You Are the Eggman, And, and there's so much extra... Soundscaping by George Martin uh-huh. and John Lennon, and, yeah. and we wanted to, we wanted to do some soundscaping as well. And at one point, I was just whistling, and Clark went, "That's great, <laughs> that's, 
Let's do that. There's some great soundscaping on this record. It's not just rhythm and lyrics yeah. and stuff. There's yeah. Clark really took it to some new places. Well, if you take that much time with it, right? You know, it's not like, you know, it's not like um, there was a there was no, there wasn't an urgency with this. It had to be what it, it had to be had to be right, right? Correct. We were not on anybody's timeline but our own. Yeah. yeah. And the things once you start. You find new things. Once you develop a song, you find new things, mm -hmm. you find new spaces, mm -hmm. you find new talents. Gosh, I didn't know you could sing up that high. <laughs> well, I can. You know, there's a, there's a lot of things you... Yeah. It's a learning process. It's a wonder. It's like yeah. a musical education. When you yeah. get in the studio, you start grinding on these things, and you know, mm -hmm. God, there's an open space there. Let's do something special. Yeah. Uh, we brought in a couple of ringers, a cymbalon player, which is a very complicated uh, Balkan hand, um, a hammer dulcimer kind of instrument. Mm -hmm. And even the granddaddy of the Cymbalon, um, we brought in an old member, uh, Daniel Ishu, came in and played. Um, What's a canoon? The canoon is similar to hammer dulcimer, yet it incorporates uh, the ability for the player to play all the M Middle Eastern makams, which are like, R raga scales uh -huh. but the makams are what I was talking about where you can have 46 yeah. notes in an octave yeah. um, the canoon seen from above looks just like the shape of a grand piano wow. and that idea the canoon developed mm -hmm. in, in Turkey uh, but it's not as big as a grand piano no no but it's big yeah? uh, it's big yeah, yeah. and um, you play it with uh, finger picks metal finger picks really? fly around and wow. you can detune each of the sets of strings by small increments with little levers that are on the left so while you're playing with two hands your left hand will go over and flick a lever and it'll lower one or two or three of the grouped strings that lay across like a hammer dulcimer but it'll lower them semitones because between C and C-sharp, you may have three semitones. And the canoon's a beautiful instrument. It's uh, also, um, in a Turkish, it also means the law. So okay. when we have a canoon player, it's basically the law. Okay. We've got to stop and, let the, and, and listen to a little bit of that so that people get a sense of what that sounds like. How right. about that? So I'd appreciate we'll be, that. We'll just play a little bit of, uh, the name of that tune is... Uh, where Daniel's playing? Yeah. I think it's... Uh, Sev Gillum? Sev Gillum? Is that the one he plays on? I think so. Is that the name? Yeah. Sev Gillum. Sev Gillum. Okay. What's that mean? Uh, my love in okay. Turkish. All right. Let's listen to some of that. All right.
rasvetele nasıl dayanar günel senin şu rasvetele nasıl dayanar günel sevdim de yaralamadım aldım da saramadım azim değilim balondu sana yar varamadım i tried so hard to be your love I dreamed of being by your side So many words are on my lips But when I speak my tongue is tied You've got a, a, a Spanish language tune on here. Yes, we do. Uh, Michael Beach oh. uh, wrote words in both English and Spanish mm-hmm. uh, for a song that he was really the, the point man on writing um, that song. Uh, you know... Questioning life, death, love, yeah. all of it. Questioning everything. Uh-huh. Where are you now? Donde están ahora? Are you now? This is a dumb question, okay? Because I'm dumb. <laughs> But to most people, it's di- it, it it would be I think difficult to tell a Turkish tune from an Egyptian tune. Can you tell the difference? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean. Well, of course you can. You've been doing this for years. Yeah, I've been doing years. this for 20 years. Yeah. Uh, the language definitely, you know, there's a different language yeah, but involved. If, if, but if but the scales are different. Yeah. And uh, the, the rhythms are, are different. The scales are different. The rhythms are different. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's funny sometimes that uh, Turks will hate the Arabic music and the Persians <laughs> will hate the Turkish music and the Armenians <laughs> will hate everybody else's music. Uh, we try to be ambassadors of music. Yeah. And we pretty much like all the good music from all those countries, from Morocco all the way to Pakistan. Mm-hmm. So that's it. and it's incredible wealth of music to choose from when when it gets down to picking songs. I mean, the Brothers Ballady uh, repertoire is you know about 400 songs, and about half wow. of them are folk music songs mm-hmm. from all over the world, really, all yeah. over the world. Yeah. Do you have to rehearse old ones, or can you just like be on a bandstand and call one? We can call him. Yeah, yeah. Mike, Michael, and I and Clark uh, can yeah. call him, and and uh, Charles, a great drummer who's also a hand drummer, mm-hmm. um, married to a belly dancer, and um, yeah, we can pretty much call anything, yeah. <laughs> and it'll fly. <laughs> uh, and it's a, a pleasure to play these songs again. We don't yeah. get that much of an opportunity to play deep into the repertoire, yeah. Yeah. but if somebody comes up and asks for something off the first or second or third record, yeah. Uh-huh. That's yes. great. <laughs> it is great. It's a world tour. Yeah. It's yeah. right on stage. Yes. <laughs> It's a world tour. So how long has Clark been with the band? Uh, Clark's been in the band, uh, see, since I think probably 2009 or 2010. He went on our last trip to England. Yeah. And so it would have been the year before that. I think it was 2009 he joined oh. the band. And he's a multi-purpose guy. He plays oud, which uh-huh. is the traditional Arabic instrument. He yeah. plays saz, which is the traditional Turkish instrument. Mm-hmm. And he's a whiz on guitar, uh, all kinds of guitar playing. He's a great, he's a great blues player, mm-hmm. great rock and roll player. And um, he's got a great studio, he's a great engineer. So it all folded in. Him joining the band was a perfect, uh, perfect timing. Mm-hmm. It was perfect timing. And how about the drummer, Charles Pike? Charles Pike uh, has been in the band uh, two years. Ah. Two years. A baby. A baby. <laughs> He just had a baby. Um, 
and he is a wonderful, uh, talented guy. He's a singer. Uh, he's a great drummer. He, he's the only one in the band actually with a music degree. Uh, he's got a degree in music. Uh, he can chart anything that needs to get charted. He's a very, very, very talented guy. He teaches at Reed. He teaches at Clackamas mm-hmm. uh, School Districts. Um, very talented guy. We're very lucky mm-hmm. to have Charles Pike on our side. Yeah. Well, with the, the the beginnings of getting some recognition for this album so far, hopefully, um, you think another tour is in the offing? Oh, for sure. As as soon as everything falls into place, we'll be going to California. We yeah. we usually go to California for two and a half weeks, three weeks. Uh-huh. There there are that many gigs down there. We do everything: colleges, festivals, mm-hmm. uh, hoflas, which are uh, Middle Eastern dance uh, gatherings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we like to do all kinds of things. We like to do all kinds of things to reach as many people as we can. Is there any extra pressure if you're actually playing for Middle Eastern Middle Eastern people? Always. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll tell you, <laughs> nine times out of ten, people come up and hug us and thank us. Yeah. Gosh, we haven't heard Mavi Mavi in ten years. It's so great to hear <laughs> that. We didn't know you could do that. And then, and then we have a lot of Middle Eastern music friends. Yeah. who are musicians who sit in with the band all the time uh-huh. and it's always a learning experience for us because growing up in that culture you know uh, right. a, a 25 note scale is common Yeah, where it took yeah. us years to kind of get our heads around it yeah. Michael Beach though for some reason had it right off the bat as soon yeah. as he started backing up belly dancers down in Arizona mm-hmm. in the 70s and brought it up to Northwest he just got a really good talent for interpreting Middle Eastern songs that is a plus about your band that you get to have belly dancers. <laughs> it's a plus. It's a plus, and that you know when you talk about our, our, about our fans, that's our base. The base of our our, our uh, fans is is the belly dance community. Really. So we are very supportive of them in every state we play in, mm-hmm. um, and we always have dancers. Not always, but we yeah. generally have dancers. Yeah. And every time I've seen you, you have. You have. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Um. How nice. How nice to be there on stage <laughs> watching beautiful women dance. Yes, it is. And providing their, their music that makes them dance. I know. There are very wow. few bands that do what we do, Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. either on an acoustic, uh, small-scale level, or on a big rock stage yeah. level. Yeah. There are very few bands who do what we do. Yeah. Three Mustafas Three, remember them? Yeah. We opened for them a couple of times, and they just went, keep going, keep doing it, <laughs> keep doing it. And they were from England, and they just said, you know, there's just nobody else is doing this anymore. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons that a lot of people fell away from doing this kind of music was because of the 9-11 and the shadow that it cast mm-hmm. into the musical and artistic yeah. world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we're very supportive of peace in the world and very supportive of peace well, in the Middle there's East. A, there's a tune on here. Peace is the power. Yeah. I wrote. I was a point man on the lyric on that one, and uh-huh. that it really is dedicated to the Tunisian uh, revolution oh. and, the, and the freedom fighters in Tunis. Uh-huh. No, I, I'd I'd love to go to Tunisia. It's it's a beautiful spot, but it's a difficult spot. Yeah, as is everywhere. Yes, everywhere in the Middle East is difficult right now. Right. right. But yeah, I wrote that uh, piece of the power for the Tunisian revolution. Wow. Right. Well, let's take a, a a sharp left turn here for a minute before we get back to this, and I, w- I wanted to uh, talk to you a little bit about the Oregon Music Hall of Fame. Surely. What is your position with that organization, sir? Uh, currently, I am the secretary. Okay. Uh, I'm a board member. Take a letter. <laughs> I'm a board <laughs> member, and I 
uh, am on the scholarship uh, uh-huh. uh, committee. We, we give away $10,000 worth of scholarships every year to graduating seniors from Oregon high schools. And believe me, uh, those scholarships go to kids who went to some of the big schools like Westview, uh-huh. uh, but also some of the very small schools like Heinz, which is outside of Burns, Oregon. Wow. And these kids come in and they they bring their um, write-ups from their music teachers mm-hmm. and um, some of these kids are just brilliant. Um, it, it, it's amazing that Oregon does have the musical talent that we have. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Hall of Fame, that's the, our, our biggest goal is to support um, youth yeah. uh, moving into uh, college programs. We've had... Uh, Scholarships given to kids who went to Berkeley, mm-hmm. uh, St. Olaf's, where the big choirs are over yeah. Minnesota. Yeah. Um, we've we've had some great applicants and great winners, and we will have an event on May first uh, down at Jimmy Max, uh-huh. uh, which is an event where the kids will receive their grants and the parents come in and their teachers come in. It's so thrilling. Yeah, Tom. I've, been, I've been to those. Sir. They are. It's really thrilling. Yeah. Yeah, because you know how hard college is now, uh-huh. and getting into college, and some of these kids have got four point three grade points in high school. It's 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 tough to pick the right people, yeah. but we're very happy with with the four we picked this year. They're just so. Do great. they send in a recording or a video or something? To, no, it's that? just qualifications. Qualifications: oh. what they've done. If they've mm-hmm. a flute player, a violin player, does national. Uh, uh, performances, the uh, organ, uh, you know, uh, brass bands, the, the, the all the state competitions, and these kids always who are sending us their resumes, their first place four years in a row. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we also pick. I mean, a couple of years ago, we picked a girl from Corvallis, from Philomath, who was both a concert violinist and a fiddler, huh. and she made it clear that you yeah. know. Fiddling is different than yes. violin playing, yes. and she was good at both. Uh-huh. And uh, we've had some great winners. So, but the Oregon Music Hall of Fame is—it's uh, been around for about fifteen years now. It's yeah. kind of like an extension of I think oh we had we had the Portland Music Association in the eighties and nineties, mm-hmm. and Terry Courier uh, from Music Millennium has been the point man on a lot of the things that go on with the Oregon Music Hall of Fame. We have a great board. We have uh, musicians, media people. We have a really interesting board who, mm-hmm. who get things done. We take care of business. Yeah. And our, our own Anessa. Is yes, yes. Yeah. Our friend Anessa is on the board. Yeah. So it's a great board. I believe in it. Um, I'm hoping to move on to my next phase, I hope, will be an archivist. Uh-huh. Because we have a, a relationship with the Youth Music Project that has a building out in West Lynn. Uh-huh. And we want to be able to archive as much music going back to the 1920s that took place in Oregon. What about music journalism? And music journalism? Yeah. Uh, you're talking to me? Is I'm it? talking to you. I'm a music journalist. I was the music editor of a newspaper. No, I mean, as far as archiving. Uh, oh, as far as archiving? Yes. Yeah. Yes. We want to have as much. All that takes is service All that space. music journalism has no, to be archived. All that as takes well. is server space. Uh, say what? All that takes is server space. Service space, I know. Yeah. I know. Um, we want to have. We want people in the future to be able to just go to our our sites or go to yeah. our physical sites, and and get as much information as they can about the history of Oregon music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what that we do. That sounds like a really cool project. Uh, it's going to be a good project. Because there's, be there's audio, there's video, there's yeah. 
That's, it's that's, gonna be exciting. And the youth music project people out there in West Lynn, they have a building, they have a really nice building, a nice performance space, and we have a dedicated area where you can punch in well, what did you Peppo sound like? Yeah, yeah. You punch it in. Oh, there's Condo yeah. Condo by you Peppo. Or <laughs> what did the Rock and Razorback sound yes. like? And you punch it in and you yeah. get Della Della Della. Right. 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 So it's exciting. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. And the group that we have, the board is exciting. Once a year, we uh, have an induction ceremony where we bring new people into the Hall of Fame uh, from all genres. And um, that's in October, middle of October. We'll have a presentation at the Aladdin Theater uh-huh. and there's usually uh, live music last year we yeah. had Storm Large last yeah, year yeah, yeah. And we're always a sponsor the DeLions yeah. Yeah. yeah there are a lot of great a lot of great sponsors and a lot of great music goes down yeah. so uh, and as a membership please go online to omhoff.org uh-huh. organmusichalloffame.org and join up and collaborate yeah that archive is such a such a great idea because you can follow. You, you can look for a band, but you, if, you know you can also have, have a search that just you look for a certain person, and then you can see all the all the bands that they've been in, which is actually more interesting to me. I've know? been in probably forty bands. Since yeah, I, since yeah, I landed yeah, yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. Oregon in nineteen seventy. I know. I just, but the, everybody's like that, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, everybody's in in more than more than two bands mm-hmm. or three bands mm-hmm. at a time. Everywhere, everywhere, area, you know. Right. I mean, that's just the way. That's, that's life. But um, uh, well, the government taxes as, as much as anybody else, but we just don't get paid as much yes. as anybody else. But they tax <laughs> as much. If we were in England, or, or not England, but if we were in Ireland, we would get a break on our taxes just by being musicians. Really? Yeah. Wow. If we were in Canada, we'd get more airplay. <laughs> but we're in Portland, and we love it here. Yeah, that's where, that's where we are. That's where we are. All right. Well, um, uh, when, when will the uh, next inductees be announced? Uh, I think the date is like June twelfth. Yeah. And we. Yeah. Uh, and then it happens in like October, right? And the induction ceremony happens yeah. in October. Yeah. yeah. And the announcement will happen in June. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's some really interesting people going to be announced. I can't tell you who, but there are going to be some good people <laughs> announced. We have a great music pool in Portland, Oregon, and in the state of Oregon. We have great musicians and great composers. Uh, it's, 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 it's a great place to do music, mm-hmm. and it's a great place to survive uh, <laughs> doing music. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We were bemoaning the neighborhoods changing and the condos going up, but yeah. still Portland is cheap in San Francisco. That's not saying a lot. <laughs> It's still Portland. I know. You know. Um, well, uh, good luck with this album. It, I mean, I, I didn't really realize the amount of work and sweat and love that went into it. A lot of blood, sweat, and tears went into this record. Yeah, yeah. Gravity of Love, Brothers of the Baladee. Brothers of the Baladee, Gravity yeah. of Love. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Tom. All right. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm.